0: Welcome to Thinking Outside the Box with Gavin Rubinstein. Conversations between Gavin and the people he believes have trailblazed by thinking outside the box in their field, industry, or even just in his office. Michael Clark. Hello, buddy. A man who needs no introduction. Not sure about that. I feel kind of useless, you know. I mean, you and I obviously have hang out a couple of times over the last few months. Mm. I've never really kind of delved into your resume because know who you are have a level of understanding that i mean basically i'm dealing with australian sports royalty and you're dealing with a real estate agent today so <laughs> you know i definitely got the the, the better end of the deal good appreciate time your sell. time good time to sell <laughs> <laughs> appreciate yeah. your time oh, thanks, um, for having me, man. thanks for coming through we won't take up too much of it it's having a look at some of this stuff man it's pretty ridiculous Led Australia to their fifth Cricket World Cup triumph. The team was victorious in the final of the ICC Cricket World Cup 2015. Regarded as one of the best batsmen of his generation, Clark's debut test score of 151 was made against India, Bangalore 2004-2005. His best test bowling figures of six for nine came against India, Mumbai-like.
1: Yeah, I, dis- I had to pay someone to write all this.
0: Dismissed <laughs> cost India's- me a fortune. Dismissed India's last three batsmen in five balls on the fifth day of the second test against India on 6th of January. I mean, mate, like there's just too much to kind of rattle on here. But, you know, I've said to you before previously, I'm not completely across the rules of cricket. And today I want to talk about the mindset that kind of is your greatness, I am across things like basketball, but when I read this stuff, you're kind of like the Michael Jordan, the (laughs) the fucking Kobe Bryant, like the LeBron James of of cricket. And what's interesting is like, because I'm not across cricket, I couldn't tell you, I mean, I know Shane Warne's name. Mm. The name Michael Clarke has been like familiar to me since I was a kid, familiar to the household, familiar to kind of everyone in Australia. Clearly you did something different to everybody else to be the purple cow, to be the Mm. guy outside the box, to create this kind of personal brand. You're a handsome dude. That's all cool. You fit great. What do you think it was that you did differently to get (laughs) so noticed, right? I polarized.
1: I was different in a a sporting... Environment that was very old school and traditional. I probably come into the sport and at a time where social media was just introduced. Right. I walked into a very very successful Australian cricket team.
0: Two
1: thousand and four. Yeah, I think I played my. I think my first one day was two thousand and two, but my first Test was two thousand and four. In How India. old were you? Actually, thirty nine now. You I was twenty three. I think my first Test. Hey. Um, <laughs> yeah, and a youngster. And I was different to what, you know, the rules and traditions and history saw as an Australian cricketer. It was like you had to drive a ute, have a cattle dog, drink VB if you wanted to play this sport at the highest level. And if you wanted to show that you loved and, and respected the game at a highest level, then that was the expectation. But I didn't. I, you know, I loved my cars. I respect. had, had blonde hair, earring in my ear and some tattoos. So it wasn't, it was a different looking young man that walked in an Australian team. And that's probably why from a young age, my expectation around success of my craft was the most important thing because I was going to have to score more runs to show, you know, people how much I cherished playing for Australia based on the look and the feel of me was different. So I needed to be successful on the field.
0: Right. A lot of the interviews I've gone into and I'm quite obsessed with greatness. And when I look into kind of what you've done, It just resonates greatness. And so, you know, going back to the basketball thing, I'm like real estate basketball. It's like I'm obsessed with it. A lot of the guys like LeBron, a lot of the guys like Kobe, particularly Michael Jordan, always make this reference around, yeah, we were this great brand. We had these great endorsements. We were noticed, but our biggest endorsement was our game. 100%. And so without that, without getting the baskets, if they were averaging two points a night, that would not not, have given them the platform to do so. So you were different essentially, correct me if I'm wrong, what you're saying is people would have question marked you for being different. And I think what you're saying is maybe you use that as motivation to say, I'm going to step my game up and skill. Yeah. So they notice and that's kind of what happened.
1: Yeah, definitely. Well, like I say, when I come onto the scene, the Australian scene, I had success straight away. So that brought a lot of media exposure, endorsements, money off the field. Yeah, And there was, there was a stage where that probably took up too much of my time where my cricket become number two because I had so much other stuff off the field. And I got dropped. I right. got dropped from the Australian cricket team for six months. And that's, that's probably where- Why? You know, Why did you get because dropped? Because my performances failed. I stopped performing as well as I needed to to play at that level. Right. So that was, like I say, at the time you don't know it, it's heartbreak. You lose your dream. My dream from six years of age was to, was to play cricket for Australia. You work your backside off to get there. And when I got there, sort of 15, 16 months into my journey, after having a lot of success, it was ripped away from me. How'd you bounce back? Well, like I say, I feel, I feel like through my family and p- good people around me, um, they were able to support me through that, that tough period, help me get back up. And then I went back to prioritizing what was the most important thing. And that was my craft. That was playing cricket. And again, what those, you know, the basketballers are saying is spot on, everything else comes with success of your craft yes, it became a business. There's no doubt about it. But what I loved the most in the world was playing cricket, whether that was for my school, my club, my state, and then thankfully for my country. So I had to continue to do what I love the most. And then the other things come along with that journey. So thankfully I was able to get a second chance. And yeah, I think like a lot of people, when you get that second chance, you don't let go. Do you miss it? Not at all.
0: Yeah, right. That not was a one, quick answer. Not
1: one bit. Shit. Nah. I, Why? I, I, I loved it. Like I say, I started at six, I retired at 34, and I retired at the right time. I, I probably could have retired, if anything, a little bit a little bit earlier, a couple of months earlier. I, I lost one of my best mates, sort of twelve months before I retired. and I, and I think that for me was probably Defining, you know, I, I retired for a number of reasons. I was at an age where I was just about to have my little girl, so I'd be, become a father.
0: We're going to t- touch on her yeah, later, mate. Yeah.
1: M- obviously, my best mate passed away. My performances weren't as good as they needed to be, to certainly to captain the team. And we just lost a big series, an Asher series in England. So I feel like I walked away at the right time. But in regards to where I was mentally after I lost my best mate, I,
0: yeah, time to I go. probably should
1: have walked away then, yeah.
0: How important is loss in the equation of greatness, losing, failure.
1: Yeah, defining. And again, I, my memory is not great. That's probably, if I could change one thing about me, I wish I had a better memory because I don't remember, like I don't know my statistics. People ask, how many hundreds did you make? I can't remember. i swap
0: I'll- you my memory for your height. People no, trade. I'll keep the hype. High- <laughs> <laughs> because I've got the memory. You know, yeah. all-
1: so I think, you know, I, I think I would, you know, there's a lot of great parts to my career that I remember bits and pieces. Somebody says it, you remember it, but it's, I don't remember, you know, making someone says, oh, what about this hundred you made in West Indies? I go, tell me what happened. Uh, did we win? You know, tell me. And It's then a sign, it, it, a then a sign it of an up, overachiever
0: right? because you just, Probably one thing you're like, cool, done. Oh, you, you don't want look more. back. Yeah, you look you forward. Want more. Yeah. And, yeah. and people who want to go, well, they just look forward. So that makes sense to me. Yeah. But look, I, like I say, I,
1: I feel like the tough times I've had through my career, through my life have
0: certainly been defining in making me who I am at 39 years of age. You just made a comment. You know, when you got dropped, you came back, you didn't make the same mistake twice. Mm. Is that a rule, a motto you live by? If you fuck up, do you make the same- Touch wood. Mistake twice? I'd
1: like to say, no, I don't make the same mistake twice, but I'm hoping there's a long way to go in my life. And I got a funny feeling there's plenty of mistakes to be made. So we'll see, time will tell. But no, when it comes to cricket, I was very disciplined with everything I did.
0: Did you build that discipline or were you born? No, being I, was, dis- I was born.
1: I think I was born obsessive-compulsive. Tell me about the family. My mum, very strict. My yep. fa- both mum and dad, hard workers, but my dad was certainly the, he was the hustler in regards to bringing money to the family. What did he do? A number of things. Milk run, brick truck, owned an indoor sports centre for 10 years, anything he could to, to help support us. He played cricket too, right? Played like cricket, cr- played for my club, Western Suburbs, second grade and first grade. And his right. two sports were cricket and rugby league. So my dream was to build like up my dad. So I played rugby league in the winter till I was 15, yep. cricket in the summer. And mum, what did she do? Mum worked in the bank, Commonwealth Bank, for 30, 30 years, 32 right. years. But mum's major role was looking after my sister and I.
0: Yeah, I was going to say you got a sister. Yeah. Older or younger? Two years older. Two years older. Very
1: sporty, much better athletically than me. Any yep. sport she touched, she, she did very good, but she liked so many different sports. She never sinked her teeth deep enough into one sport to be greater but she would have been. And you grew up where? Grew up in Liverpool, yep. southwest Sydney. I moved, uh, well, I left home at 16 to travel. I went to England on my first tour to play cricket and then I was sort of in and out of home when I, when I got back. My sister moved out of home at the same time. So we lived together for a couple of years locally in a place called Chipping Norton, just around the corner, mm-hmm. before I bought my first house at Breakfast Point when I was 18.
0: Yeah, right. Mm. The question I've got is Guy comes up in a, a relatively what it sounds to be like blue collar, mm. modest family, Liverpool, now one to tape forward. Knocking on the door of 40, you're mm. still I consider a baby. I, I think is a baby. Me too. I think my, daughter. <laughs> <laughs> my daughter thinks I'm an old man. Yeah, younger, younger people say that too. <laughs> my but grandfather thinks I'm very young. hundred <laughs> percent. I think you know, no, I think prime is still <laughs> yeah, to come, you I hope know. You're right. Yeah, I'm I am right. Yeah. On that I am. <laughs> but but the question is, like in not a long period of time, you've gone from Liverpool, middle class, blue collar working family to a young guy who's got the big boat the big houses. Mm. I mean, I've watched your property play over the years. You made some extremely clever investments. Mm. I just want to understand, I want to tap into like the, the career. Where, where, where does that greatness come from? Where has that? What stirred that? What motivated that? What pushed that? What inspired that?
1: Well, I think firstly that I played a sport that I loved at the highest level and thankfully I got paid very well for that. So that sets a foundation
0: that allows money to be able to then go and invest. And you love that because you, that, that was like the, the print from your dad. He was doing that and you wanted to be like that.
1: Cricket? Yep. Definitely. Right. That's why I started. My dad and my grandfather, they, they loved cricket. So I just fell in love with the game. Mum and dad had an indoor sports center, so I had a facility to play cricket every day after school. Right. Again, I never played. I didn't play cricket for money. It was just I'm very lucky. Never? No. Nah. Well, like it does become a business at a certain stage, definitely. The back few years of your career year, sure. if somebody said, would you play for Australia for free every day of the week? You know, I loved it yeah. so much. Yeah, it, it, was my, it was my dream. It was yeah. my dream. Thankfully, it did become a business, so I got paid significantly well to do something that I love. So that builds, like I say, a structure, a foundation for you then to go and invest it. I think my mum and dad from a young age always- They push did, you? No, nah, not push me to play cricket or play sport. Push me to try and get better every day, but push me in regards to be safe, be smart with your money, invest wisely, put it in property, you know, and I probably think through my career, i will say close to 90% 90 of my investments have been property plays. Real estate. Yeah. A few emotional buys, you know, and that's, yeah, it's more probably about, Me wanting, you know, a house or a area for me to live in, where I probably, you know, I bought them with that emotional attachment. But the rest of them have been, you know, vision of investment, vision of buy at the right time, sell at the right time, pick the right area. And I've had good help as well. I've had some good, some good advice from some
0: good advisors. Tell me a bit about that. I mean, you think it's essential. Obviously, your expertise is cricket. You've obviously got a good understanding about investment advice. But surely you would have looked into implementing or getting people to help mm. you through oh, that. of course. Yeah. I don't think anybody
1: makes it to the highest level in anything on their own. Yeah. There's help, there's advice, there's guidance from the simplest of things. It could be a friend that you go to when you're having a bad day, that friend, that advice, that conversation, that 30 vodkas up the road at the pub. That's life saving saving at that time, you know what I mean? (laughs) So there's so many significant people along the journey that I think you probably, you you don't realize how important they are or how important their impact is at the time until you find yourself at a place 39 years on or 30 years on, you're still mates with the same people you know you're still talking to your family every second day you're still the same people are always there and that's what i reckon family and friends are about and with that i've been lucky enough to like i say the people i've got involved in business with have become friends yeah so it's a normal conversation for me on a daily basis for me to be talking about investment talking about business talking about private equity talking about property it's just uh, some of my friends that have helped me along the way are in that world and yeah. i think That opened my eyes from a young age to, yes, getting good advice in regards to spending my money wisely. But just the conversation, being around a table
0: where you have that conversation, it's got to help you. 100%. You know? I'm hearing a lot of, yeah, things were great, but- I've had support and couldn't have done it with yeah. that support system along the way. Definitely. No individual self-made person without the right people to support. Well, I don't know anyone that's made it on their own from day one to making it to the highest,
1: to the top of the tree, to best in the world. I don't know anyone that's done it on their own.
0: Yeah. And and every single role is as important as the other, even from the lovely lady sitting to my right, yep. to your left. Yeah, um, No, she's played a major part and role in- Assisting you to be the best version of yourself. Yeah. Well, I think that's the other thing as well. Getting some people
1: around you that you have strengths, you have weaknesses. So get some people around you that can help you with your weaknesses. So, Sash, who you're talking about, my EA, who's been with me for seven years, she knows me so well, and she has her own strengths, which I believe complement my weaknesses. Mm -hmm. You know, it's no different to, you know, for me, finance, for example, I would not have a clue how many bank accounts I have yep. and where my money's going, how often I'm paying off my investments. I'm <laughs> hopeless when it comes to the finance. So what I need to do is find someone that I trust with my life, look after my money like it's my own. And it is, Sash, like I say, seven years she's been able, and she knows, like I will ring her out of the blue at eight o'clock at night and ask her a question about how much money is in this account. Yep. Because I want to know that information. Does she always know the answer? She, she'll, well, if she doesn't know it off the top of her head, she finds it while I'm on the phone. You know, So it's not, I'm protective of my money because I've worked so hard to earn it, but I'm not very good at controlling it in regards to knowing exactly where it's situated in certain accounts. So I know it when regards to spend. I know how much money I'm spending. Sure. I know what I'm making. Sure. I know all of that. But in regards to using it and paying off investments... That's where Sash comes in and she plays such a big role. So You've yeah, got and my mum taught me that as well. My mum worked in a bank for 35 years. So the first- Twenty-seven years of my life, my mum looked after my money. Right? Can you imagine at twenty-seven playing cricket for Australia? I'm going, Mum, you just stick another five grand in the account. My mum would be like, I beg your pardon, five thousand dollars? Where <laughs> are, do you are you? you where for? are you holidaying? He's, Who are you going? He's like, with? We're just
0: gonna, what, going to buy a bag. I was, bag go, I was going, going for lunch. Like,
1: <laughs> I don't think so. So you know, my mum was very, very strict. Does she question where you spent? To my money, Sasha? Yeah, never.
0: No, that's it's not important. A, that's not important. Error, that I'm
1: I'm Thirty-nine, not. 17. <laughs> it's good to be pulled. I only need to be pulled no. in
0: line from time to time. Yeah. The Vaucluse mansion, was that always a dream of yours? Like, did you ever have a plan for any of this stuff, a vision for any of this stuff? Or no, you didn't really. Not just really. Did it I, as I,
1: I bought a beautiful house in in Lilypilly years ago over in Sutherland Shire. My mum and dad were living in Cronulla at the time. So, and I was traveling a lot. So, I bought there to be close to them when I come home. Mm-hmm. And it was an unbelievable house. Too big for me, way too big, but I absolutely loved it. And I was in the process of thinking about what I'm going to do. Am I going to stay there? Am I going to move? Then I actually bought in Bondi. Again, emotional buy, but I wanted to try something Yeah. I yeah. I was, at a the, great I was at the SCG every day, so traveling from Cronulla back and forth was a long drive if you were stuck in peak hours. So that was my main reason to move to Bondi, and it was closer if I went the right time to get to the airport for touring as well. So I bought an apartment. I left the house, big house, mm-hmm. seven levels in the Lipoli, to an apartment, a three-bedroom apartment in Bondi. Seven levels have a lift? It was massive. No lift. Yeah. Travel later, huh? no lift. Yeah, big house, good cardio. Whew. Keep me keep me in shape when I yep. wasn't in pre-season. And I went to an apartment in Bondi, which was perfect for me because it was easy to lock up, mm-hmm. safe, secure in a beautiful part of, of, beautiful. of Sydney. Yep. Lots happening, plenty of cafes, restaurants, plenty of good friends of mine that lived around that area. And it meant I could qu- quite easily get to training every day at the SCG. So that was my first, that was my introduction to this side of, right. of Sydney. Cool. You know what I mean? And it started, like I say, Liverpool, Chipping Norton. Breakfast Point, all the way over to Cronulla, and then back to Bondi, and then from Bondi, when when I was having my little girl, I made a decision to leave the apartment style living and go and get a house, wow. just a little one
0: on twelve wow. hundred square meters. I looked at, a, num- I looked at a number of houses. I looked at an, I think <laughs> 60, a small, 60
1: houses. I think I looked at before I bought. The one I'm in and I love it. I, I it was never by, no by the way, that, I
0: missed it. that listing. I was a rookie at the time. Mm. I remember a couple of other guys that got it, and I knew the owners and I missed it at the time and I remember watching when it traded. Yeah. So that's how I knew certain things about the house from back. Then. It was beautiful, mm. beautiful, yeah. beautiful
1: property. No, it is. And and I bought privacy as well, you know. That that is that's always thing. That's thing. well that's what I found probably the hardest about being in Bondi. I loved where it was situated, North Bondi, the quieter mm. end. I loved how high up. So I had some privacy, but I couldn't really use my balcony. I'd be photographed all the time. Yeah. So when I bought the house, my, the first thing for me was I need privacy. I want to be able to walk in that gate and know, you know, my daughter can jump on a trampoline or play on the swing out the front. I can dive in the pool out the back. You know, I can walk around my house and feel comfortable. I don't have to have blinds down. Yeah. So that's why I bought that house. That's why it was perfect for yeah. me at the time and compound, is.
0: Compound. No yeah. one can see it. Yeah. On your daughter, I read, I read a quote from you, something along the lines of saying, you know, since having Kelsey Lee- She completely changed me, and she softened me. Mm,
1: Yeah, tell me about that. Yeah, soften me is a no brainer. I think I was very, well, even when I was captaining Australia, you know, if a player come to me and couldn't train for a reason, it wouldn't go in my ears. No, 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 like you can't "Ah, accept that. We're training. You want to get better? You got to train. And if it's team training, you don't miss it. And there's there's a part of you know everyone. There's an emotional side that I probably wasn't very good at accepting because I probably didn't feel that enough, you know. I probably didn't have that softness in me to yeah. to understand it or comprehend it. It was always Try to do hard to get better. And, excellence. We're yeah. striving for excellence. We've yeah. got to-
0: no time to take off. Yeah. We're-, we're chasing something. Yeah. 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 Then you have a little girl. Wow, oh, that's out the window now. See, that's why I'm saying I'm not having them for right. a long, long time because mm-hmm. I, I still you, need to be a tyrant, man. Greatest
1: thing that ever happened to me because it did. It made me, you know- Understand the other side of people. And again, I've got a lot of, I've always been around women, which I love. You know, I've always enjoyed that. My sister, my mom, you know, my partner at whatever time, EA, so many girls. And now my little girl, I feel like she's helped me understand how to deal with women a lot better than what I did before her. And she's a character too, isn't she? She's got her own little style. That's for sure. She's like, she knows what she wants. You know, no, the, the easiest way to describe my daughter is she'll wear, she wants to wear the Elsa dress, but with a pair of Nike trainers. I love that. So she's like the princess that Swag. doesn't stop running. Yeah, she's like that. energy
0: bunny. And she's uh, brushing up on her golf. Oh, well, she, yeah. She, I, I heard she's, she's learning to she, be a professional well, I've, I
1: have no cricket memorabilia. I've one piece of cricket memorabilia in my house, but I don't have, there's no pictures of me playing cricket. There's no signed jerseys. There, there's, there's none of that. So my daughter still to this day has no idea that I, know, I played cricket. That, yeah. So we went to Coles just before Christmas. We'll up at a, a friend's house and we'll go onto the beach and Kelsey Lee wanted to buy, there was a little like sandcastle set. It was like $4. She said, daddy, can I buy this? So I've got to play it at the beach. Because as dads do, I left hers at home. I go, yeah, sure. Okay. We can get that. And then she saw a, Cricket, a mini cricket set, and she said, "Daddy, can I get this?" so I go, "Yeah, darling, of course you can, no worries." So she carries him to the, I wait, to the checkout where you got to pay, and I said, "Sweetie, you got to put it up, we got to pay now." She sticks it up there. The lady swipes it. She puts a cricket set up, and the lady swipes it, and the lady behind the counter said to Kelsey, oh, you're going to have so much fun with this. Shit. And, she, and my daughter says, yeah, I love this golf set. And I was with my partner at the time. She looked at me. I looked at her. The lady behind the counter looked at me. And all of us just sort of burst in the laugh, laughter. And I was like, you know what? That's my girl. She thinks cricket's golf. She doesn't know the difference. So that sums up my daughter in regards to her knowing anything about my past. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, She'll and, learn.
0: She'll learn. Well, yeah. Look, no, I, no, it's no. not like I
1: keep it. For, it's not like that. I just haven't had this. Right now, if she asks, I'll tell her if she wants – like, I want her to play any sport she wants. She's very sporty. She's swimming and doing gymnastics at the moment. She loves her tennis as well. But I don't, I don't need to – to me, it's irrelevant whether my daughter ever knows I played cricket for a stroke. It's not because I'm not proud. I am proud. The most important thing for me is my daughter gets to see me work my backside off now. So she says, daddy works hard. Daddy goes to the radio at four o'clock in ethic, the morning. Ethic, daddy ethic. gets to go and do a dinner for one of his sponsors. Daddy has to, you know, that to me is way more important than my daughter finding out that I played cricket. And I'm sure at some stage, you know, she's going to school now that there'll be another parent up. or there'll be a little boy or a little girl that that will tell her, but yeah, right you're, now
0: that's not that's not. You'll cross that bridge me. when you yeah. come to it. Yeah, the four AM wake up, the routine. That's not a standard <laughs> thing for me. It's it's everything. I'm not four. I'm I'm five. Yeah, but I uh, wish I was five. how important but- was that? During your cricket, yeah career and how
1: important is yeah, that routine, now? routine's massive always has been Why? so when Why? I it gives me structure it gives me a reason to get out of bed as well yeah you know I, I think something happened I can't remember exactly when through my career where I made a significant change in my attitude towards my goal was to play cricket for Australia to my goal is to be the best I can be and when I made that transition, I haven't stopped from that so it actually doesn't matter what you're talking about I want to be a better dad. Tomorrow, I want to be better than I am today. Striving for greatness. I want to That's be better your- at radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like it, that is there. That is, that is instilled now in my brain. So before I started breakfast radio, I go to sleep easily. When my head hits the pillow, I'm out. Mm-hmm. When I wake, I find it hard to go back to sleep because my brain turns on. So if I was waking at two o'clock in the morning because my daughter was crying, I would put her back to bed and I'd go to the gym at any time, whatever it was. So then I swap that gym. And again, the gym thing for me was, that's how I start my day. Get out of bed, go train, structure, routine, I had consistency in starting my day. I had to give that up because I started radio. So then, what, So same thing now for me to wake up at four o'clock and do radio, it's actually a blessing to me because I know what I'm getting up. Automatic. You know, Saturday, Sunday's hardest. So again, I go back to no radio, gym, Saturday, Sunday. That's the first thing I do on a Saturday, Sunday.
0: Do you like to sleep? Uh, Do you enjoy yeah. sleep? Uh, yeah. I, I, I probably
1: haven't thought about it enough. You know, if I get eight hours, mm-hmm. that is like a dream come true. But I think I'm probably six hours keeps me healthy. I like Affect to get the Affect you best... otherwise?
0: Like if you get less or more, does yeah, it? Definitely. Yeah,
1: definitely. Oh, I'm not more because I've never really got more. If I get less, yeah, I'm tired. But I don't really sleep during the day. Like I'm not one to go and have an hour's nap. I find that hard because that, that'll stop me sleeping at night. I don't know. I think I'm. I think one of the things I've I've been good at through my I say my career, but my life is adapting to there and then. And I think having a kid does that as well. Like oh, you go from being so structured and organised that if your daughter doesn't want to sleep, your daughter doesn't want to sleep. If she doesn't want to eat. She doesn't want to eat. Is that hard to like going from? That's just a transition. I think it, thankfully I had my my little girl at 34, so I was I was ready for what was thrown at me. I don't know if I would have been if I was still playing for Australia. And if I was still, you know, so driven on being the best cricketer I could be, I don't know if I would, would have been able to handle so many distractions. What
0: do you think? Could have you? Or, or it wouldn't have worked? I be honest about that. Could you have aimed for such a high peak of a mountain without giving it everything you had?
1: Oh, No. No, but I reckon, I say to myself, you can have the cake and eat, you can do both.
0: You do, because you said that to that's, me the first night we met. I know. and that's I how believe we... that. Yeah, I, yeah.
1: I believe everything in life is balanced. I didn't at the time when I was young and playing for Australia. If there was a funeral and I had training, I didn't go to the funeral. If there was a wedding and I had training, I didn't go to the wedding. I was so disciplined with that stuff. But again, maybe I missed the part of the journey as well because I was so driven. And I think that's got to be life, whether you like it or not, whether you want to accept it or not, because we don't know what's coming tomorrow. So I think the journey is so important. You've got to stop, smell the roses. Yeah, even if you don't want to look back, good or bad, even if you don't look back, just at that moment, that minute, that second, just smell the roses, realize how lucky you are, and then go try and get better tomorrow. That's cool. So I wish I did that a little bit more through my career. Now with my daughter, I do it every day.
0: I mean, if no one listens to this, at least I'm learning a shitload. You know what <laughs> I mean? I can take a lot. It's like, we've got some mutual friends and every time socially we get together, like leave him alone, Lee, Because I always go to him and I end up getting in this no, DNA we start talking. Good. I just love to, but it's the I same like thing to learn, get, you
1: know? This is an example though, like our friendship has grown and a lot of our talk is, we could say it's business, right? But for me, it's the same thing. I'm, I'm around you. It's business from about, you to
0: me. It's not from me to you, well, but I'm just- You might
1: use it in your business as well. I, will, I do. But don't take my advice. Burn it. Bury it. Learn from my mistakes
0: or my lessons—I call them lessons—but there's been plenty of mistakes as well. But one of the yeah. questions I wrote down was any mistakes, and I deleted it. And I was like, biggest lesson, yeah, because I also don't believe in mistakes. So if you could, if you could give me one, what what's the biggest lesson, Mike Clark? Look, I honestly think I think you got to cherish what you got because give me more. Well, me, what do you mean?
1: The good things in life, yeah, so, and, and that can be that can be such a variable dictated by your position, right? Mm -hmm. I remember growing up in Liverpool, I owned $168 a week working at King's Road Sports Center. I paid fifty bucks a week board to my mum and dad. I paid forty bucks a week petrol to fill up my lime green eighteen hundred dollar Holden Gemini that you couldn't drive in the rain because it was like a boat that was flooding. And then I would have 30 bucks a week to go and spend a Liverpool RSL on two dollar bourbon and cokes with my mates. And I had Happiest the greatest time. On earth, yeah. So that's why I say yes money to a lot of people and part and part of it to me has driven me because you can you can justify it in your mind that, you know, Money, success, money, can you show it that way? Well, you can, but I was happy when I was on hundred making 168 bucks a week. So when somebody writes an article about me now and talks about the money side of thing, or you know, they try and promote that that's the high life or the rich life or that's the life.
0: They want to sell papers, they've got to make that. Exactly
1: right. Life. But for me, I I found happiness on 168 bucks a week living in Liverpool with mum and dad and my sister. So I know what that feels like. So when you feel that. And it might be the simplest of things. Appreciate Yesterday, go and pick my little girl up from school. I'm in car line. Never heard of car line in my life. My Fucking five-year-old told that. me, <laughs> you're not allowed to get out the car to go pick your daughter up because of COVID. You've got to stay in your car. For me, that experience doing that for the first time, I'm like, I just made a test 100. It feels the same, that feeling. That's what I'm saying. So the only thing I would say is cherish that feeling, however you get it. It might be that aeroplane when it flies back into Sydney because I've been in India for the last three months and I know I'm coming to see my family. That feeling, oh, don't tell me you can put a number on that. So I think that is, that's probably the one thing that thankfully I've, I've been able to learn, let's say the back half of my career, but certainly since having my little girl. And I think that's what I try and do now. You know, I'm still driven. I want to be more successful outside of cricket than I was playing cricket. But I think I'm actually enjoying the journey a lot more now. Yeah. So yeah. so
0: cherish the good times, right? Definitely. It's too many bad. Captain of the cricket team, most notable. Hard job. Yes. Very enjoyable job. So like you're driving a big team. You know, how did you get the best out of your guys? Particularly the rookies. They're seeing Michael Clark, headlights, they're thinking, oh, this is easy. They're probably thinking, oh, we can do this. None of them really can. What were the, did you have pregame rituals? What, what, how did you, how'd you yeah, get the best out of
1: them? I think a common goal. And when I took over the captaincy, we'll rank fifth in the world. So it was very simple. I wanted to be number one in the world. And that was my job and that was my responsibility. And you so, got it there. And we got there. But it was, it was hard because you're dealing with, excuse me, 18 year old kids. Mm-hmm. Where we're having a conversation at midnight in a nightclub, and then yeah. I'm dealing with a 37 year old man married with three kids. We're having a conversation at 5 30 in the morning over coffee. Yeah. You know, so I think trying to get the best out of each individual is your challenge yep. with the one team common goal. So it's not one size fits all. No chance. Complete gotcha. opposite. And even in regard, again, I say the same about people always ask me about leadership. I say the same. There's no ideal way to captain Australia. There's no ideal way to be CEO of a business. There's no ideal way to be a father. Yeah. You have your style, your personality you have help and support around you but you back yourself yeah and you do your best yeah i think that's the other thing if you can do your best then you can accept whatever the outcome is it's when you got to look back and go i just could have done a bit more i could have went and spoken to that guy or geez that shot i played i just you know i think it's over your career and over your time if you can look back and say you did your best I reckon that's all you can ask for. And I, honestly, I look at my career and that's probably why I'm so happy that I had my time. And oh, I you're shut on that chapter. I'm you done. don't have
0: memorabilia. That, that answer was just like, I'm Kobe Bryant says the same thing in all of his interviews. Do you miss it? But he's like, absolutely not. Gave it He says the exact same thing. But you it's know why I can
1: say that is because I think I overachieved for the talent that I had. I didn't think I was that talented. I knew I was the hardest worker. I didn't think I was that talented.
0: And so was that, this is the next question I like how we can just flow onto this. The one difference between you and the other guys, if you put it down to one thing, because there had to be something, was it the work ethic? Uh, It probably was, but I hate saying, because I feel like every single athlete that achieves what
1: they want to achieve says the same thing. But that that makes sense. Yeah, it does make sense. It is what it is. Yeah. So I had a back injury. I had degeneration in the, the last three discs in my back. So I read that. from seven and some years of skin age, cancer stuff in like two thousand and- a number. I've had seven cancers cut out of my face. I've probably had thirty cancers cut out of my body. Yeah. So but I feel like my back injury made me the best player I could be because I had to be disciplined with everything to get onto the field. So I would go on have physio treatment every day for an hour before anyone else got out of bed. So it nearly set something in my brain that I needed to do more I'm than everyone else. I'm doing the else, shit that no one else is doing. Just to get onto I the path. this so more. So I took that into every part of my training. My sister did triathlons. So I would go and train as a professional cricketer where we got paid a truckload of money. My sister was training it for, as a triathlon. She got paid zero. She was aerobics instructor. So she'd go and teach her six to eight classes. Then she'd go train for three hours as a triathlon. I was watching her training going, I'm not professional. She's professional. So she instilled this training thing into me that I was like, okay, I'm going to be the fittest guy on this team. Strong, fit, healthy, You know, look after my back, have the treatment I need, do recovery. So it was nearly people around me, like I say, played such a big part. And my sister still to this day would have no idea that she taught me how to train. Yeah,
0: right. So if we were to break it down and summarize kind of first part of, let's say, you know, the cricket career, your focus was be the best I can possibly be, number one. Play cricket for Australia
1: was my first, was my first dream. And, and now it's when I got there, up. be the best I could be. And now it's that in every field I'm in. It's, you know, I, again, my, my knowledge around investing, for example, is probably like everybody else. But I take the time to look, feel, go see before I make that call because I don't want to fail with anything you do. You don't want to fail. You want it to get better. You want it to improve. So You're also intelligent enough to have Belly around you Good people like that, which helps, right? Oh, definitely, yeah. belly. Anthony Bell's played a significant role through my career as well, and I say it all the time. A lot of people talk about how much money he's helped me make, but he's saved me more than he's made me. Yeah, you know, so many times we have yeah, yeah. conversation, we would disagree. Like, Billy, no, nah, I'm, I'm on. I want this. I want this investment. I want, you know, we've got a private equity company together and we, daily, we will have a conversation about are we buying, are we selling, the value, and nah. I'm like, mate, it's a great price. He's like, ah, it's not a great price. So he'll fight for more. And has got say? You, you or him? Well, it's 50-50, so it's both, but it's the it's the communication and it's his expertise in so his
0: otherwise. You think other, who's- What's the <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's you a real know. answer. Yeah,
1: Sash is the Sash is always the middle person. But, you know, it's not success always, but the goal is success. So yeah. buy the right time, buy the right area, sell the right time, make sure you're you actually taking an interest into what you're buying. And even with the greatest advisors in the world, steal your money. You know, I'll never ever forget a conversation I had with James Packer a long time ago. And he said to me, he said, Michael, I can give you one piece of advice. Have no debt. I was like, "Whoa! It's the complete opposite to what I've been doing through my career." Oh, but yeah. at that stage, it was different because you knew guaranteed cash flow. A number of different things were different. Um, I have to say, I'm fucked. You know. So, <laughs> but it's right. You know that. What do I think? What he was saying to me, James, was that feeling of life when you owe nothing. You yeah, owe few people said it to no me one yeah. anything is the greatest feeling in the world, and and, and I think that's it takes time to build that. Though, oh, of right? course, yeah. it's easy for him to say, <laughs> and I'm sure it's not the case Correct. with him. Correct. But yeah, but I think again, it's like it's, it's gold, though it is gold. Yeah. The advice like that, I've been lucky to have a number of people that have advised me and that have helped me, that have opened my eyes to things I didn't know, in areas I didn't know. I've tried to learn from that, and now, thankfully, at 39, I'm in a better position than I was at you know, 19 in regards to making a decision on should I buy that house? Should I invest that money there? Should I sell? You know?
0: But still, Moving we forward, I know a good realtor though. if you want to uh, ask those questions. You know well, I mean? we, good do. we
1: We do though. Like <laughs> even did. with that, we have conversations. I speak to you, you, know, is it the right time to sell? Oh, am I going to sell? Am I going to renovate? What am I going to do? I'm a I stupid real estate
0: agent. I told him not to sell his house. <laughs> what fucking real estate agent does
1: that, man? Smart, because you know in a couple of years when I do want to sell, where I'll be going.
0: Uh, <laughs> Jimmy Packer like, when did you meet him? I mean,
1: yeah, I met James really young. I never got to meet Kerry, unfortunately. I, I really wish I got to meet Kerry because I think every cricketer, past and present, owe a lot to him because he re- he changed our game. He brought one such day a cricket great in. Reputation, oh that my man. god, Fire tough. Off. And you know, had a dream and chased it so hard. And James is very similar in the fact he's had so much success, but very different direction to his father. And then I just met him through cricket. I did a deal with him. I was an ambassador for Crown for, for six years. Yeah, right. And James
0: and I did that deal. How did you guys meet at the beginning? Like what was uh, that? I think it was just through, I think it actually through, I think it was through Warnie.
1: Warnie was friends with him. I was at Warnie's house one night and we just caught up and then we just built a, a friendship and relationship through there. And obviously I have the ultimate respect Cat. for his dad. And then, yeah, we, we still, we stay in contact and he's always been a very loyal friend to me and offer up any advice or guidance that I've needed, which is been much helpful. appreciated. Yeah, And very Very helpful.
0: Who's the coolest person you ever met? One person. Because you would have met a lot of cool people. Oh, the coolest. Like for you, it doesn't mean, you know, and I know you may be singling a few people out, but like one memorable like shock moment, you know? Oh, I met David Beckham's pretty cool.
1: I'll tell you, actually the coolest guy I've ever met who wasn't as successful as, I've met a lot of successful people in different areas. Do you have interaction with Bex? You like talk? Just a Venezuela, handshake, yeah. How tall boy with No nah, similar height. One I think he's similar height to me. Pretty lean, good looking rooster. <laughs> Dwight York is by far the coolest guy I've ever met. So right. West Indian right. football player, played right. for Man United, right. come and played for A League. He's in regards to swagger, great looking guy. A look. He's the coolest guy I've ever met. Yeah, right. But yeah, I think, you know, I think if, if I could meet anybody that unfortunately I never got to meet Kerry, yep. I'd love to meet Michael Jordan. Oh, he he was my he was my idol. He as a is kid. my fucking yeah.
0: So is that is there any significance around a twenty three Shane Warne passed you twenty? Is that yeah. the significance?
1: Nah. So Warney wore twenty three in cricket, and in cricket you don't really hand your number down. In AFL you hand your number down if right. you want to to a, a younger player, but in cricket it had never happened before. But right. Warney loved AFL, and he wanted to hand the number down to me. So. I, of course, I'm going to accept it. What an honor. But I was number 49 before that. Yeah. And then Warney handed it down, and then I, I wore it for the rest of my career.
0: What's the significance of 11?
1: My daughter's date of birth. So I've got 16, 16 to the 11th, yeah. and my leg I got 15, 2015. Too many tattoos.
0: I think they look good. Last yeah. question. I'm going to let you go. I appreciate your time. You are a young man. You're a middle-aged man. You're an old man. Whatever age you are, you're listening to this podcast. You're a real estate agent. You're a bricklayer. You. I can, whatever you do and you're aspiring for greatness yep. in that field, yep. give me three top tips in order to maximize your chance of achieving greatness. Work
1: out what you want. Yep. Get out of bed to try and become better Yep. whatever that is. Yep. Celebrate the journey. Appreciate you, Matt. Anytime, buddy. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you for listening to Thinking Outside the Box with Gavin Rubenstein. Subscribe now for future episodes.